It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Hello again to all listening. I'm Joe Mott, your host, and the program is Defending and Commending the Faith. In the last episode of Defending and Commending the Faith, I made two major points. First, I said I am defending and commending the Christian faith as reflected by the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, and the Creed of Chalcedon, what C.S. Lewis called mere Christianity. Creeds give us four benefits. First, Creeds help Christians to distinguish between essential and non-essential beliefs. Second, creeds help Christians to focus their faith and worship on the issues that matter most. Third, creeds help Christians to identify clearly how their beliefs differ from other belief systems. Finally, creeds are crucial when it comes to giving a defense for the Christian faith. Second, from the last episode, my second point was any faith, any religion, any belief system gives us a big picture of a way of living our lives. It's like the box top of a jigsaw puzzle. Just as the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle uh, are difficult to put together without the portrait on the box top. The many diverse pieces of life make no sense without some kind of unifying big picture. Three primary topics with which all belief systems usually start are these. Some sort of claim about God, some assertions about the world, and then they attempt to answer the five most fundamental questions of life. Questions of origin, identity, meaning, morality, and destiny. If you're interested in more detail about these questions, I suggest you consult the archives for th that program, episode one. Today, I continue amplifying the second major point from the last episode about the benefits and or detriments of a belief system. The answers to each of the five most fundamental questions of life depend on the existence of God. If God exists, then there is ultimate meaning and purpose to your life. If there is a real purpose to your life, then there is a real right and wrong way to live it. Choices you make now affect you here and now in the present, but will affect you also in, etern in eternity. On the other hand, if there is no God, then your life ultimately means nothing. Thus, in choosing a belief system, you must answer this pressing question. 
Does life have any real meaning and purpose? Richard Dawkins, the world's most famous atheist, says no. Here is how he answers that question. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. The Christian philosopher Dostoevsky said, if there is no immortality of the soul, there can be no virtue, and therefore everything is permitted. Frederick Nietzsche, who vigorously opposed Christianity and who declared in his work the parable of the madman, said that God was dead. He acknowledged that his rejection of the Christian faith was not rational, but instead was his own volition. He said, It is our preference that decides against Christianity, not arguments. Being committed to evolution and the survival of the fittest, Nietzsche had strong contempt for Christ himself because of the mercy he showed to the weak and outcast. Nietzsche asked this question, what is more harmful than any vice? His answer, practical sympathy for the botched and the weak. And then he blamed Christianity for that sympathy. Nietzsche also said, since there is no God to will what is good, we must will our own good. And since there is no eternal value, we must will the eternal recurrence of the same state of affairs. Nevertheless, Nietzsche did see that the ultimate consequence of his God is dead movement would have negative consequences. He said, the death of God will lead to the advent of nihilism. Nihilism is literally nothingism, the rejection of all transcendent values or ultimate meaning. Bertrand Russell, a British agnostic philosopher, gives a picture of what life in this world is like if there is no God. Man is the product of causes which had no prevision of the end they were achieving. His origin, his growth, his hopes and fears, his loves and beliefs are but the outcome of accidental collocation of atoms. All the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction in the vast death of the solar system, and the whole temple of man's achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. Only within the scaffolding of these truths, only on the firm foundation of unyielding despair, can the soul's habitation henceforth be safely built. Therefore, Dawkins, Dostoevsky's, Nietzsche's, and Russell's comments imply if there is no God, 
then life has no meaning and purpose. Not only is, is that true, but there is no morality. Moreover, atheism always leads to nihilism. Not only is it asserted that nothing has any real value, there is no basis for truth either. Nihilism thus becomes the ultimate form of skepticism. But here is the drawback. Both the denial of all being and the denial of all value are self-defeating views. The denial of all being is self-defeating because one has to exist in order to, de to deny all existence. Similarly, the denial of all value is self-defeating since the very denial involves the belief that there is value in making this denial. So what do you think should be the conclusion? Start with these two premises. One, atheism leads to nihilism. Two, nihilism is self-defeating. The conclusion is self-evident. Atheism is self-defeating. According to atheism, since there's no enduring purpose to life, then there's no right and wrong way to live it. It doesn't matter how you live or what you believe. Your ultimate destiny is annihilation. You simply return to dust. What action should you take knowing that atheism is self-defeating? Since it is self-defeating, choosing atheism is both foolish and irrational. The action should be to reject atheism and begin to search for a belief system that is not self-defeating. Some people say different belief systems, religious and non-religious alike, appear to be fundamentally similar and only superficially different. These belief systems may ask similar questions, but the appearance of similarity is deceiving. In truth, there are they are fundamentally different and are only superficially similar. The reason belief systems are different is because their answers are dramatically different. For example, atheism says God does not exist. Christianity says God created us. Hinduism and Buddhism say we are reincarnated after we die. Christianity says we only live once. Islam says Jesus was only a prophet. Christianity says Jesus was God in human form. The various religions teach different views about God. Jesus taught about a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See Matthew 28, verse 19. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, taught the one God is not a trinity. Hinduism refers to over 330 million deities that are extensions of the one impersonal Brahman. Buddhism teaches that the concept of God is essentially irrelevant. Obviously, these religions are not pointing to the same God. 
Some say all religions are similar because they teach ethics. The truth is that all the world religions different from Christianity seek to help bad people make an incremental improvement by choosing better personal ethics, by trying to be good. Christianity, on the other hand, invites spiritually dead people. That's how Ephesians 2.1 describes all non-believers, those that are separated from God. The invitation is to become spiritually alive by becoming vitally connected to God. This is accomplished through trusting in Jesus and his sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary. Jesus proclaimed that he is humanity's only means of salvation. He said, no man can come to the Father but through me. John 14, verse 6. In physical reproduction, the sperm from the male unites with the egg from the female and physical life ensues. Here is how I describe spiritual reproduction. The spirit from God unites with the dead spirit of man and spiritual life ensues. John 3, 5 calls this being born again, born anew, or born from above. Titus 3, 5 calls it the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. In doing this, we're relying on God to change us from the inside out. Recall this pearl of wisdom, if you like. A person's commitment to the idea that all religions are essentially the same is based on his or her ignorance of, of those religions. Many beliefs must end up being false because they are mutually exclusive. Therefore, logically, they cannot all be true. If one is true, all the others are wrong. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.